We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Dice Cast on Road of His Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Another week of the offseason is in the books. We are creeping ever so closer to the NFL draft, which means we are creeping ever so closer to my weekly ENC appointment where I get my ears cleaned out. So uh, looking forward to hearing better soon. Um, you guys all need to know about that. So, um, Dan, how are you today? I'm good. I, I we, we're we're back. It's two weeks in a row, Nathan. What's impressive, even though you know they're they're, couple- they're they're calling us the Cal Ripken of Dynasty Podcast. Actually, sure, the, we're the real Iron Men. I mean, that's that's just no way around it. Um, yeah, the the news is staying surprisingly filled. We norm- normally we have that kind of lull post combine, uh, but th- this there's some decent there's some decent news and notes and. And we got a little, a little bit of draft fodder. Not necessarily profiling players, but a little draft fodder. All right, so let's get into the show. We'll start off with kind of the biggest, like tangible-ish news of the week so far has been Mac Jones being put on the trade block. Uh, it seems that Bill Belichick and Mac Jones are not "quote unquote" besties. Uh, that uh, Mac Jones is probably a little bit perturbed that he had a defensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator and a special teams coach as his QB coach in year two. It's supposed to be a big developmental year. You and I, not the biggest Mac Jones guys, but I do think that Mac Jones is an NFL starting quarterback. I think that he's at the, at that base level. So the problem here is that I think that that's where he is. He's the very base level. So I don't really see any teams trading for Mac Jones, even if the Patriots would trade him. So I guess here's the, here's my starting point question. If a Mac Jones trade doesn't happen, is it because no teams trade for him or because the Patriots don't trade him? No, I mean, if there's anybody that has been historically great at trading someone a year early rather than a year late, it's the Patriots. So 
I think if they can get anything even remotely close to what they're asking for, which I'm guessing is probably like a high two or a mid two. I mean, if you can get Mac Jones or Aaron Rodgers, I guess, for for a, a high two, uh, which it sounds like that's kind of the market at this point. Um, I mean, that's that's a good move. I, I think what will end up happening is is one of the teams we you know we kind of cover a little later on might be a team that makes a move somebody that misses out on one of the top tier quarterbacks and doesn't love one of the sleeper quarterbacks and you still get a relatively young guy in Mac Jones somebody who's proven that he can at least win football games in the NFL we're not we're not saying he's Patrick Mahomes uh but I think he is quite literally that line of starting level versus replacement level like you said he he's he's not He's not going to go out and and blow anybody away, but he's definitely an NFL quarterback. And somebody actually asked me the other day, what what's the difference between Bailey Zappi and and Mac Jones? Why would they trade? Why would they well, you know try to move on from one and not the other? And the best way I could explain it was, if you don't give somebody one of your gallons of milk, they're just going to curdle. So. One of these guys is going to age like milk if they don't if they don't trade one of them because you essentially now you have two Jimmy Garoppolo's, and I mean that's that's like the the clean line I can draw. And with Mac Jones, if a Mac Jones trade were to happen, do you see the Patriots targeting one of these second tier quarterbacks like a Dorian Thompson Robinson, a Hendon Hooker, a Tanner McKee? Do you see them going after one of these second tier guys? Do you see them? Uh, I, I did see one rumor of it kind of makes sense. I don't know what the exact package would be, but essentially Mac Jones, the Patriots first and other stuff to get to three for the Cardinals so that uh, a rich goes to the Patriots. Like what, what do you see the outcome being? If there is a Mac Jones trade, is it a rookie quarterback? Is it Lamar? Is it a second tier rookie quarterback? Where, where do you think the end goal is for the Patriots? If it's not Mac or are they just rolling Zappy? Well, I think it's going to end up depending on on how big of a return they can get or how much they would have to add on top to potentially get one of these other guys. So I I think I think there's a real chance that there is a dump Mac and I mean there's no chance they're competing in the AFC East this year. If Rodgers goes to the Jets, it's I mean it's over. You you're you're officially the fourth best team in a in a distant fourth in that division. And they very well could, I mean, just tank with Zappy and look at you know, maybe getting Caleb Williams. Who knows how bad Bill's willing to be? Normally, that's that's not really in his realm of possibilities, but it, it's it's definitely something to look to look forward to. So I think if they don't have the opportunity to get up and get C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, I don't know how they feel about Will Levis. Maybe Hendon Hooker's in the cards. Uh, or they can't find someone like a Kirk Cousins, or maybe they move on trying to get Lamar Jackson. I doubt that, and I can't imagine that the Ravens would do anything but match in that situation. Um, But then, I mean, you have a different issue with Lamar probably not playing. So I, I I don't think there's any crazy quarterback moves ready to happen as far as like, oh, the the Patriots trade for Justin Herbert, you know, nothing like that is going to happen. Uh, But I I do think that they'll target some of the guys that maybe have been rumored to be on the move or 
maybe Rodgers is is on that list. Maybe they're seeing a chance to pry him from the Jets. Uh, that roster is not really built the way you know Je- probably Rodgers would need to to win one more last hurrah. But um, I, obviously they're going to do their due diligence, and I, I think I mean they're probably not going to be one to add a bunch to go move up and get an unknown item like an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis, they can go up and get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. I think that becomes blatantly obvious. And if you can move Mac and their pick and probably another future to get up, like you said, into that Arizona spot, you might even have to go up one more. Uh, I, I mean, that would be a great move for them. I, in my opinion, I think if you can get Bryce or you can get Stroud, that's a massive gap from Mac Jones. All right, let's move on from Mac Jones on to a very slight tidbit of a story. Uh, Tyreek Hill doing the ever so slight proclaiming he's retiring three years from now. Uh, he says he's playing 2023, 2024, 25, 25. Then he's out. He's 29 years old. It's 29, year 29, 30, and 31 year old seasons. Um, start off with, do you buy this? Do you think Tyreek Hill will retire at the age of 31? Yeah, I mean, well, 32 probably, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it is, it is that, that age cliff, uh, we, we talk about it. This, this is that, that period of time where dynasty wide receivers, the high end elite ones, they still produce, but their value tanks. It's because of this, that, that, that 32 number, that 30 to 32 is, I, I mean, it's like the grim reapers waiting outside their door for him. And any given moment he could, he could strike as far as the NFL career is concerned. Tyreek, I mean, he has a lot going on, like a lot of guys do now, outside of football. Uh, you know, he loves doing his streaming thing on Twitch. He loves playing Fortnite and video games. You know, everybody gives crap to, like, Kyler. But I don't think you realize how many of these guys play video games, like, nonstop when they're not on the football field and how many of them stream it. So I think, I, I would assume that's the extent of his contract, no? Yeah, probably. So... I mean, it's a clean break. It, it it that gives them a nice window. They have three years. He can go try to get another ring. I think that team is on its way to being in the top end of the AFC. Obviously, you're in murderer's row, so it, it's got to be it's got to be perfect. They have the offense to do it. The defense stays stout and stays healthy. I, I mean, it is what yeah, it I mean, is. They they almost beat the Bills with Skylar right. Thompson. So uh, right. that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but they, they were very competitive with the Bills with Skylar Thompson. Competitive. It, there you go. It, if, if Tua can stay healthy, if Tua can show his, like, even when Tua has been playing, it's been very much high variance, high, high floor, low ceiling. I mean, high ceiling, low floor. Um, but if we see ceiling Tua with Tyreek Hill over the next three years, like they're a very good shot at, you know, competing into the AFC Championship game, into the Super Bowl, that type of thing. Um, I will say, in terms of a fantasy fantasy slash dynasty outlook on this, I'm not overly concerned because I don't think you should. Like, I'm not a big believer in oh, play three year windows, play four year windows. Like, unless you are legitimately thinking your dynasty league's going to fold, I think you should be playing in like unlimited windows, ten year windows, whatever it is. But when it comes to older players, you can definitely look in that lower, you know, amount of year window. Where it's like with a 29, 29 year wide receiver, should you really even be looking past one to two years? No. So if you're drafting Tyree Kill right now in Dynasty, you're not drafting him for his 2026 uh, production, anyways. 
Um, so I don't think this really impacts his dynasty value at all. Maybe it like, you know, causes his value to slip a little bit faster in one to two years. So like, you know, when we get two years down the road, it's like, okay, we got one year left. That sort of thing might creep in. But I think that you'll have a little bit more, you know, clarity. I think that if, if he's being this forward three years in advance, I think in two years, he'll be like, yep, I'm done after this year, if that's really the case. Well, and I mean, his his dynasty value, rightfully so, is very high still. I mean, it's, you know, DeAndre Hopkins held on for with that, that high number for a really long time and then started moving around and got hurt and gone. Now we know Tyreek Hill isn't playing past 25 or, you know, we're assuming that he's he's not just bluffing and saying crap. But this is that age, this this 28, 29, 30, that. Uh, the only thing I have listed on my wide receivers at that age is sell, sell, sell. I will say if this news drops his value because of the potential long-term hit, he immediately becomes a buy because that's already assumed. There is no long-term hit because 32 is that number anyways. Most of these guys don't play past that. And if they do, it's maybe for us season on a on a no name team getting 17 targets for the season and then retiring pissed off. So I think I think if this news actually decreases his value, you go and get him because this is one of those very few occasions where you have the opportunity to be an actual wide receiver one overall very similar to Devonte Adams. If Devonte Adams came out and said this, bye bye bye. I mean, you go and get him as soon as that price drops. Uh, you know, you, you go and and trade you could you could maybe this is one of those deals where if his price drops it's like a drake london for tyree kill for the love of god i'm doing that seven days a week twice on sundays yeah for sure assuming not in a rebuild type state but yeah definitely that type of move that you're looking to make um yeah i I think that in general with all nice news and this news also anytime there's an overreaction you should buy or sell based on that overreaction if you're if you see him, like, let's say Tyree Kill is worth a third round nice pick right now. If you see him dipping into the fifth round because of this news, that should be an easy buy. Um, let's f- finish off before we go into our more broad draft topic sec- section. We have Austin Eckler. Uh, he's been he's the, it, the news like re came out like Schefter reported like a month ago that Eckler had permission to seek a trade. And then it got like re-reported by Rappaport. Uh, this week in the first week of April. I think that if Eckler has had a month to talk to teams and we don't have any sort of even link, like, oh, the Bengals are interested or, oh, the Falcons are interested. Like, if we don't have anything like that after a month of him being able to talk to teams, it probably means that either, A, the price tag is too high in terms of, like, draft capital to, to forfeit, or what much more likely the case, how many teams are forfeiting assets to take on a second contract running back? And the answer might be zero. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be 28 here in a month. And, you know, a, a, a price tag of six and a half, seven and a half million, whatever the cap hit is on him. That's not crazy, but it's high for a running back. And even so, I, I mean, that's that's not he's not even I don't think he's being paid as like a wide receiver one or not wide receiver one RB one in the NFL. I think he's like top 15. So. Yes, a little bit spendy. Do you really want to go out and, and drop a whole bunch of assets to bring in a 28 year old running back? Probably not. Uh, but 
you know, it, it could just be a one year, a one year deal. And, and, you know, that's all he's got left on that contract. So I would be curious to see who he has targeted. And if anyone has gone the other direction, maybe that, that he wasn't interested in going to, or, um, you know, somebody interested, but not willing to really give up anything outside of like a late round pick or, or something, I, I, you know, running backs aren't going to be traded for much, if anything, especially at the age of 28. Yeah. And, and the veteran RB market and the rookie RB market are obviously two very different things. Uh, but it might be end up similar to the Mac Jones situation that Mac Jones might only get traded if like the quarterbacks fall a specific way. Like if, if we have X, Y, and Z and like the Vikings miss out on, on a rookie quarterback and they're like, okay, we want to invest in something younger and cheaper. So let's go get Mac. Like they, the same thing might happen with Eckler where they might be like, okay, like we're going to try and target, um, you know, the Zach Charbonnet in the second or third round. We just missed out on him. Okay. If we're not going to spend a day two pick on running back, let's go spend $6 million on Aston Eckler and, and maybe give like a third and a fourth round pick or something like that. So I think that if Eckler gets traded at this point, I think it's most likely to be like a, a Friday night or even a Saturday with like, okay, a fourth round pick this year, a third round pick, something like that. Like that's probably the package that types end, ends up happening. And it happens for a team that like just misses out on their like rookie RB target. Yeah. And it'll probably end up having to be a team that's got a decent amount of cap space left because they are all these teams you have to remember are going to have to sign all of these rookies, all of their first round picks, uh, you know, June, the June 1st number is, is important and significant in that as well. Um, I could even see someone like the Arizona Cardinals. If, if they think that team's ready to, to kind of rebound, if they think Kyler's ready to go, obviously you still have James Conner in the mix, but adding Austin Eckler to that offense could be fairly dynamic. So I, I think most, most likely he is a charger in 2023 and looking to sign somewhere in 2024. Yeah, and the other part of it, dynasty fantasy-wise, is that there isn't really a landing spot that's good for his fantasy value. If no, he goes anywhere, is everything is worse. Like, he is... Maybe the a, Chiefs. Yeah, but even then, like, you're competing with Pacheco, and, like, you know, there's no... Comp- as much as I love Isaiah Spiller, there's no competition. You have a top-end quarterback in Justin Herbert. Um, so, yeah, no. Pretty much every other landing spot that's possible is worse. So, as if you have Echo on your team, I think you should be rooting for another year on the chargers um before we get in the next half of the show you should be reading for yourself to go to rotoviz.com and get your subscription to rotoviz use promo code rv radio 2023 get 10% discount on all of our all of our content and tools and it supports the pod gets you content to our game splits app our fantasy point summary our box score scout all the our favorite things on the podcast in your hands on your computer with promo code rv radio 2023 gets you 10% discount. Get it for your uncle, cousins, sisters, everything you need on your way to rookie draft season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Dan, let's let's talk some let's talk broadly about some NFL offenses. Which ones are going to be adding multiple play multiple different positions, multiple different players at those quote unquote skill positions, the players that we care for, about for fantasy football. Uh first we have uh the Houston Texans. Um I have them projected to draft a quarterback, a wide receiver, and we'll start with probably the least important part of this. Does Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce take them out of the running back game, at least for the first four rounds? I mean, if those two players are taking you out of any sort of running back consideration, uh, you probably need to reconsider your running back evaluation. I, I love Devin Singletary. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think Dar- Damian Pierce is just another guy. But if you can help add things around what will be either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, whoever's left. If you can continue to add things to, to make that player's life easier, you have to do it. Uh, I, I'm not one to draft a running back in the first. I still think that unless you're getting, you know, one of the top two or three, even taking one in the second is tough. The third through the seventh should be targeting flyer offensive players or very good running backs that now are moving down the board because the NFL hates running backs. We all hate running backs, just like we hate tight ends. But uh, yeah, I mean, the the Texans, Davis Mills obviously isn't the answer. They're sitting it to your drafting quarterback. They move on from Brandon Cooks. That's that's where I do have a question, though, because it it seems there are... Granted, this is how I think the draft does play out. I think that the Panthers' QB1 is C.J. Stroud, and I think the Texans' QB1 is Bryce Young. But there are rumblings that if Bryce Young goes to the Panthers, that C.J. Stroud is not the pick for the Texans. Do you think that's possible at all? I I mean, yes, but that that seems that – seems, I mean, what are they going to do about it? I mean, you're really going to trade out of two because you didn't get Bryce Young when you could get someone – just as good, if not better. And I understand that they evaluate things differently and, and they see things we don't see, whatever. Finding someone on the clock to, I mean, you probably have emergency plans in place with teams and, and moving around and whatever, but that would probably require them to move that pick to somebody for a quarterback, for a Kirk Cousins or a, you know, obviously not trading two for Kirk. But and they're not trading two for Mac without getting a ton right, of it, picks. Yeah, there would be but, stuff on top, obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if if Bryce goes one and that's who they want, 
why why couldn't the Patriots trade Mac fourteen? Uh, Two whatever, firsts. whatever like that second, stuff. you know, fourteen forty six, and they throw in a twenty four first and move up. I mean, the Texans are better off in the long run for it. They're gonna suck real bad now, but I mean, you can add a ton of weapons with that. So, I mean, maybe I, I still, I still think yeah, they're I, locked to get a quarterback one way or another, whether whether or not the Panthers take who who they might want or not. Um, they're either drafting quarterback or trading that pick for one. Yeah, I, I'm very much operating under CJ Stroud is one and, and Young is two. Uh, and I don't really think there's much chance that it deviates from that. And like, even if it does, I think that there's some rumblings they don't go Stroud at two, but I think I still think more likely than not, Stroud and Young are, are one, two in some order. Um, and, and Texans and Panthers being the ones taking those players. Uh, and then wide receiver. Um, for the Houston Texans is at their their second first round pick at the 12th pick. Is that a lock to be a wide receiver? If, if JSN goes nine to the bears or JSN goes eight to the Falcons or something crazy like that. If JSN goes before 12, does that put, uh, does that put the Texans position where they would be reaching for a Jordan Addison or reaching for a Quentin Johnston? Well, I mean, I think it depends on how they feel about some other players. I, I mean, I think Quentin's probably a little higher up. Um, you got players like Josh Downs and Zay Flowers and and Jalen Hyatt. I think there's I think there's enough depth of like the same guy that they could even move down. The the problem is is I think what'll end up happening is you get a crazy wide receiver run. Once once somebody once outside of JSN, I would assume he's the first one picked. I we could be wrong. I, I mean, he's, da- da- Daniel Jeremiah seems to be sticking with that Jordan Addison is wide receiver one. Daniel Jeremiah is not very good at his job, but that's totally fine. Everybody has their opinion. Jordan Addison just bad. So I, I well, and then okay. So in that situation, maybe it's JSN and Addison one two, and then there's a gap, a break. Maybe Quinton sneaks into that kind of conversation too. But I think once one of these second tier guys goes, you're going to see all of them go, and. There's a lot of them, so that could be a crazy run. So I could see the Texans, if somebody wants their pick of one of these guys, the Texans trading down from like 12 to, uh, where are we at here? So they're they're sitting at 12. If, let's say, the Buccaneers want to move up and get a, well, that wouldn't make sense, but you know if they move on from Evans or Godwin or whatever, the Giants, that wouldn't make a lot of sense for them to try to move up into that 12 range. And maybe get a JSN, maybe get a Jordan Addison. I I don't love them moving up to get Addison that high, but they need wide receivers. There's a lot of teams that do. And that's going to be the prime picking spot for one of your top two wide receivers, in my opinion. I, I would assume JSN or Addison, whatever these teams are feeling, are going in that top 12, one if not both. Uh, so I, I think you'll see one of those lower end, mid to lower end teams, even Baltimore, you know, as crap as they've been in, in, well, they've been good at drafting some of these guys, crap at having them produce. Maybe the Chiefs move up to try to get a wide receiver they have fallen in love with. Yeah, no, I, I think that the, the quote unquote, like top tier of Smith and Jigba, Addison and Johnston, I think they all go top 20. 
I think Flowers, Downs, and Hyatt all go from like 20 to like a floor of like 35 um, would be my guess. Yeah. Um, now going on to the Panthers. So they just have the first overall pick they'll be taking likely CJ Stroud, if not Bryce Young with the quarterback position, they do have a early second round pick. Um, they did sign DJ Chark. They did sign Adam Thielen. Um, are you still penciling in wide receiver with that second pick? Uh, second round pick. Do you think they might go offensive line to protect the, the franchise investment? Uh, do you, so basically, do you think wide receiver goes second round, or do you think it's more of uh, add a couple of day three guys for, for the Carolina Panthers? Well, I think if there's any of that that tier two of, of like six guys left at that early second pick, uh, I, I think that would make some sense. I, I think if, um, you know, someone like, I mean, if Jalen Hyatt is somehow still around there. I, He's not going to be. I, 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 I don't think so either. Um, but. There, I mean, there's still a lot of good names that are going to be further down. You're, you know, your Marvin Mims, uh, your Kayshawn Boots, or however you pronounce that. Uh, even someone like Rakeem Jarrett, who I know kind of fell off towards the end, but Jonathan Mingo, uh, Tank Dell. I think there's a lot, a lot of solid depth, not necessarily high-end fantasy producers. I think there's a lot of good football players here. So I, I think it'll be interesting. I do think that if one of that those tier two guys or fringe tier two guys is available at that high second pick, that seems pretty obvious. But you did bring in a couple of, of solid veterans in case you do miss out on one and want to target adding help elsewhere, trying to get that team on, on the right path. But I think getting weapons for your young quarterback is important first and foremost. So I, I think that's probably the priority is you go quarterback then wide receiver, but we'll, we'll see if they miss out on all of those guys, which I think is very possible. Then I think it ends up being like a fourth round, fifth round type, you know, looking looking for that Stefan Diggs, if you will. Could do uh, could pull a Packers with three three day three wide receivers. There you go. And then <laughs> everyone a, needs a tight end. Some, no one's ever heard of. Everyone needs this, an MVS second MVS uh, Geronimo Allison draft class in their life. Uh, <laughs> next, we have the Tennessee Titans. They could invest at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, potentially tight end, probably not. It seems like they like Chigo Conquo. So, which of these positions do you think happens first? Which one of these positions should go first? Um, I, I have seen some smoke with Jackson and Jigba paired up with uh Traylon Burks, which I would like, but I wouldn't like because they don't have a quarterback. Yeah, I mean. As much as I love Malik Willis and love them coming out and I knew that it was a little bit of a project, I don't think he makes any sense at all in Tennessee. I don't think that that fits his strengths really at all. And um, yeah, I mean, a wide receiver seems inevitable because they do quite literally only have Traylon Burks um, and, and Chigo Conquo. I think he looks like he could be kind of next up as far as tight ends that no one's ever heard of, but all of a sudden, boom. And I think quarterback becomes kind of inevitable as well. I, I you know, Hendon Hooker is, is potential uh, for one of these, you know, kind of middling teams, I guess. Where do the Titans even pick? 11? Uh, I mean, Will Levis theoretically could be there at 11. Anthony Richardson theoretically could be there at 11. I would doubt it. But if either one of those guys slides at 11 or maybe they look to move up, it's a eight with Atlanta. If Atlanta's sticking with Ritter, 
and Tennessee can get Levis at 11 or, or Richardson at, at, at eight or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen Levis like drop to the bucks in several mocks. Realistically, I think that the Titans are probably Levis's Levis's floor. Yeah. I mean, it would be hard to see them getting past it kind of that, that group of teams, obviously, you know, the Eagles sitting there with new Orleans pick aren't, aren't going to do anything. The bears obviously are, are fixed on fields. Falcons, maybe Raiders, maybe. Lions, maybe the the Lions seem to be locked in on golf, but I think that's one of your kind of wild card teams that genuinely could just shock everybody, grab a quarterback, play out golf's contract, and then boom, now you have this guy, like a little Jordan Love situation. So yeah, I think I think Titans are a lock for a wide receiver. I think they probably go middle rounds running back just in case. Uh, we'll see what happens on the Derrick Henry front. I. I I would imagine he's trying to move somewhere where he can at least attempt to win. But again, big money for old running backs, unless they're named Christian McCaffrey, is never a good idea. We've seen it with Zeke. We've seen it with Todd Gurley. We see it time and time again. It always ends poorly, usually never with a win. So, yeah, I I can't imagine that anyone is actually willing to take Derrick Henry at this point, at that number. But we've seen crazier things. All right, let's rapid fire the, the rest of the show. So we have three teams here. We'll talk about one in depth. Which one do you think is the most intriguing to talk about for the draft in terms of stuff to add Packers, Bengals, or chiefs? Well, I think uh, running back to the Bengals, assuming they move on from Mixon. It, I mean, if they can get into like a Gibbs, I can't, I can't see them getting into Robinson, but you know, I mean, you can always overdraft players, right? So I think a running back to the Bengals is a potential, depending on how late they're picked, right? If they plan on keeping Mixon and you go fourth, fifth, sixth round running back, that's not, nothing's going to happen. See, I, I could, I could see them holding Mixon for one year and still drafting a Zach Charbonne in round three. Absolutely. Um, or a, a Devin A. Chain or something like that. Devin A. Chain seems like, a, maybe that's just the Gio Bernard thing, but Devin A. Chain seems like a Bengal. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's very likely they add a running back in potentially in the first three rounds. Uh, it seems like they're like the favorite to draft the tight end one. Uh, if they draft the tight end one, do you think they're going to go back to the Notre Dame well with Michael Mayer? Do you think that they go with the the horse and Darnell Washington? What do you think about the tight end position in Cincinnati? And, and is that... And I think we've had this conversation with a number of teams that have like elite wide receiver cores, but with, when you have an elite wide receiver core, T Higgins and Jamar Chase, is the tight end a good spot because like, Oh, you're going to have these openings or is it a bad spot? Cause you're the clear at absolute best third target. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I would love to see them get one of these young running backs and, and kind of help mix in off into the sunset. But I do think that even with the Herb Smith signing, that tight end is inevitable. You have your move tight end now if if Herb's healthy, but he yeah, can also Herb, block. Herb, Herb, very Herb well. signed a three. Herb signed a three million dollar contract. That means absolute like we can like Herb Smith. Right. The Bengals don't care about Herb Smith, and they paid him three million dollars. <laughs> they care enough to go get him. It's a it's a mini prove it deal. I, I, but yes, it, that doesn't matter in terms of them drafting uh, a, a tight end. Um, I I would assume it's between Mayer and Kincaid. Uh, but I think Washington is certainly in that conversation. And I, I mean, it's really hard to ignore Michael Mayer as just as more than likely the locked in tight end one uh, from the NFL's perspective. 
but I do think there's a case that can be made for either one of the other two guys. I think it'll end up coming down to how they feel these guys fit into their scheme, which if you can't fit into a scheme that has Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins, you're probably not a very good football player. All right, let's wrap up the show with some wild card QB talks. So we just listed out some teams that could quote unquote be wild cards. I think that the, the wild card QBs that are you're looking at, which pretty much guys that are going to go between the mid first and like the mid third, Tanner McKee, Hendon Hooker, Dorian Thompson Robinson. That's really it. Like it's a very it's a very shallow QB class. Like you you have a, a kind of top heavy top four, depending on what you even think of Will Levis. But you really we really don't know like if you could tell me that Tanner McKee and Hennon Hooker would go at the end of the second round, you could tell me that they go at like pick 22 and I wouldn't really be surprised either way. So who, who are your favorite like landing spots for those, those these kind of QBs? And uh, what do you think the odds are that they end up in the first round? Well, I, I think the one that has a good chance at sneaking up into either the back half of that first or somebody overdrafting, like we saw with Kenny Pickett is, is probably Hendon Hooker. Um, that one, you know, you could say Commanders, you could say Ravens. I could see the Vikings pulling the trigger on something like that. I, I think the Vikings have genuine interest in trying to move up to get Anthony Richardson, but they they could also just play out the last year of Kirk and then look at doing quarterback in 2024. I do think that they have to draft a quarterback in some capacity, though, because Nick Mullins or Sean Mannion or whoever the backup is, is not going to get it done, unfortunately. Uh, I, I, I think... I, I, I've been surprised how how linked quarterbacks have been to Tampa after the Baker signing. They they they've brought in Will Levis for a top thirty visit. They've brought in Hendon Hooker for a top visit, top thirty visit. So I mean, obviously, I, I know all teams pretty much do this with the quarterback position, but I, I thought that when they had Kyle Trask and Baker, they might be like, okay, let's let. I thought the Baker Baker signing basically meant we're going to play for Baker's ceiling, and if Baker sucks, we're going to go for Caleb. So I would be surprised if they go quarterback early on, but. I could definitely see day two potentially, but I, no, I wouldn't like it as a Bucks fan personally. <clears throat> well, like you said before, there's a really steep cliff as far as quarterbacks are concerned. So uh, once you get past probably Hendon Hooker, unless you fell in love with Stetson Bennett for whatever reason, or you think Tanner McKee is is that guy, or Dorian Thompson Robinson, like you talked about before the show, if somebody falls in love with, with you know him athletically. Max Duggan, because, oh, he's a grinder. He's got heart. There's just not really anybody in this class outside of those top four or five. I do think Hendon Hooker belongs in that conversation. But outside of that, I mean, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to take any of these guys before, like, the sixth round. Um, so I do think the Bucks are in play. I, I think if one of the – I mean, if Richardson's there somehow for them or they can move yeah. up realistically to get Anthony Richardson – I would love to see something like that. I, I think if if Will Levis is your target, you already have Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Yes, I said Trask. Um, that I mean, that's that's there's not like a you're not gaining anything there outside of wasting money in a four year contract on a young, young quarterback. Um, so I, I do think the Bucks get somebody. I would love for it to be one of the top five, to so that way Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both don't die because they will with break Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. I think the one kind of oddball one is, is the Falcons because they should be linked to Lamar and they're not, they should be linked to one of these higher end quarterbacks and they're not everything that they've done so far is pointing to them being like on the Ritter train. And 
that is not something I had on my bingo card. That I, I mean, we assumed Ritter was a project. We assumed it would be it would take time. He would get there eventually. I don't know that they're going to add a quarterback. Maybe as a backup. Maybe a late round. Maybe it's Stetson Bennett because of you know the, the Atlanta bit, uh, the Georgia bit. I, I don't I don't know that that one's so strange to me. I think the Lions are one that are probably due to get a backup for for Goff or if one of the higher end guys that has a high ceiling and low floor can can sit and learn behind Goff and under Dan Campbell. Maybe that one makes sense. I would love to see the Vikings, like I said before, get Richardson. I would love to see the Bucks get, you know, a Hendon Hooker or or an Anthony Richardson or you know, whatever. I, I just after those five, it's really hard to to like anything in this quarterback class. Alrighty, that should wrap us up for today. We'll probably dive into some more specific rookie player talk uh, next week. Um, but any last words, Dan? No, I think it's almost that time of year where we we start to we start to slot in our rookies before they make a team so we kind of know where we're looking at as as far as just ability goes you know we we rank those elite talents because like nathan always says talent wins out yes i quote that <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the i'm the person who invented that statement oh no um, you're the you're the the first round picks matter or whatever draft capital matters <laughs> right, draft capital great again there 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 you go uh me and trump heading to the prison <laughs> together uh that wraps up for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Kadoosh!